Welcome to In the Center of Her Power podcast, where you can get divine feminine soul food. The divine feminine is re-establishing itself in the world, and you need tips and tools to make it your own. Hi, this is Sada Green. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Center Her Power podcast. You know, I shortened it to Center Her Power, but really it's in the center of her power podcast i have two guests with me today and we're going to be talking about something that has been an issue for me and even when i feel like i've made changes it seems to keep coming up and that is financial blind spots so you know i remember one year and I have Crystal Gunn here who's going to talk about financial blind spots, and I'll bring her on in a minute. And she's got so many accolades. She's worked at a credit union, run credit unions, and also coaches people in helping them to, to get into financial, a place of financial wholeness, I should say. And she'll talk more about that. But first, I just got to share <laughs> that one year, I was working, I had two or three different um, sources of income, and, and I was working and working and working, and I, I felt like I really wasn't making much money. And then I had to give my income tax return to someone for um, a program to, to get my boiler replaced. I, I hadn't even added up how much I made. Because I had, I had money from, like I said, several different um, sources, and I had the Schedule C, and, and so I really hadn't looked at all everything. And he said, oh, no, no, you make too much for this particular program. Like, I made too much? What? So I think that would be considered a blind spot, wouldn't you say, Crystal? Definitely. <laughs> not knowing your numbers, not knowing your income. Absolutely. So talk to us about how you came to I know I know you've worked in the financial industry but how did you come to help people through the like financial spiritual issues that that can arise around money going through my own financial hardship and that that really was it so I don't know about two decades ago at this point um after I worked at the credit union, so I was vice president of a credit union, I quit that job and at, with my husband at the time, we opened a mortgage company. So we were mortgage brokers and four years into that we got divorced. And so now I am a divorced mother. And although my husband and I always say I have the best ex-husband ever, we have a great relationship. But initially, of course, right, it wasn't that great. So businesses crashed because the mortgage industry crashed. So after we got divorced, I still opened another mortgage office. The mortgage industry crashed. I did a tax franchise. It was absolutely a horrible experience. Great lessons, but a horrible experience. But through all of that came my finances tanked. Everything just went in the gutter. And so, but in that, someone said to me, um, as I'm in full pity party mode and he was like crystal your story is not special but what he said to me was life-changing and I continue to say is two decades later everybody's either going through something been through something or about to go through something right mm. 
And he says, you got knocked down. That's not what defines you. What defines you is what you do next. Mm -hmm. And I really had no idea what to do next. And he said, you go home and you have a praise fest. And he says, you praise God for everything that he's done for you, everything that he's about to do for you, but ask him what it is that you're supposed to do. And when you ask, <laughs> you will receive, right? And so I started getting all of these downloads and it was like empowering and unite black women globally under these pillars. And I was like, are you kidding me? My life, as I saw it, was a wreck at that time. And I went back to that same friend and I was telling him this information and he said, walk your journey and you'd be surprised at who you inspire. And so I realized at that point, God, you know, spirit will give you something to do. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're supposed to do it in that moment. I still had to go through my journey, through my fire, through bankruptcy, through depression, all of that in order to get on the other side. And I realized had I not gone through all of that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Wow. Wow. You know, you said something, you said a lot of great things, but you said something that, <laughs> that really resonated with me. And that is you spirit may give you a vision that's not necessarily supposed to be done at that time, because I have had vision and I go about trying to make it happen and it doesn't happen. And I finally realized, oh, wait, it's not yeah. time yet. <laughs> yes. And sure. one way you'll know if it's time is if it seems like you have to push force and and try to make it happen then you know it's not time if it just flows the people come in place the opportunities show up then you know okay well now it's time that part yeah yes yes <laughs> yes and so we also have with us a um I want to say a veteran, but she's appeared on our podcast before, and that's Heather Hetheru. Thank you so much for joining us, Heather, and for introducing me to Crystal. Absolutely. Crystal is a treasure. That's why she's Crystal. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, and what I'd like for you to, to share with us is how did you realize that, that women were experiencing blind spots as it relates to our lives, especially our lives for those of us who want to do, to give something in the world, to use our spiritual gifts, to live in the center of our power. How did you come to the note, to the idea of blind spots as something to focus on? Well, much like Crystal, much like you, our journey reveals these things to us. And the more we listen, the more we are eager to learn what that purpose is, what our gifts and abilities are, the more that's revealed to us. And so for me, my journey was around um, being able to push through. Um, but I, I've had uh, at least two resets. I had a life reset early on as a young woman where I personally, where I died by suicide. And my prayer was that if you want me here, bring me back. So obviously, uh, God wanted me here because I'm here now. So that's the first reset that I had. And then the second reset I had was uh, uh, another spiritual reset where I had underestimated my myself, my potential, uh, because I couldn't see it. I couldn't see that the work that I'm doing now uh, 30 years ago would be my path. And I thought that I was meant to be ordinary. And I was trying to live an ordinary life. And God had told me that I'm supposed to have an extraordinary life. And what that means to me is that there was a gap between what I was given to do 
and what I was prepared to do. And so everything in between that was my blind spot. I didn't know how, and I really, even though I heard it directly from God, I really did not believe that I could do what I was commissioned to do. I didn't know if I had the capacity for it. What were you commissioned to do? So part of my commission was to do what we're doing now. Uh, I was commissioned around this wholeness movement for women in 2004. And 2005, I, I stepped out in faith and I took that journey. I went to the five states that he has assigned to me uh, blindly because I had no resources. I had no people there. I had nothing when I stepped out but my faith. And that's what I walked on. And everything else was just blindsided. But in a good way, because what I couldn't see, God had already prepared for me. And just like Crystal said, every step that I took, it was it was in a flow. It was in the current of what I've been charged to do. I did not know what my next step was. And so I took that expecting that the, the ground would be there when I took the step. And I have taken steps like that ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I am walking blind. Mm-hmm. It is my blind spot, but my, my solace is my faith. I know that I was called to do this work. And so any path that I go through or go to is going to lead me where I need to be. Whether I think it's a dead end, whether I think that I took the misstep, whatever I think, it becomes part of my blind spot. I know my faith is the answer. And so that's what I do. Well, I, I, I'm going to share something that I've not shared publicly, I don't think. After my father passed away, he left me his house and I sold the house and then moved back to Virginia and eventually spent all the money living living just living on the money and then I fell into a really dark depression I was I was depressed I mean one day I was driving to meet a friend and her husband they were doing a a volunteer event and I lost control of the car and I was like ah yeah maybe I can just leave this life maybe I can just leave here and I lost control of the car, and then I looked behind me, and it's like the cars behind me were going in slow motion. I was on the freeway, driving from um, Virginia to D.C., and um, and the car had turned to to face the railing, and I was like the the third lane over, two lanes from the railing, and the car was facing the railing. Lost control. And I was like, oh yeah, this. Maybe this will be the the right time for me just to kind of let go because I have messed up so badly. You know, I'm not I'm not doing anything significant. I've spent all this money. My father is gone. Who's going to love me now? And so, and then the, the, when I saw the cars going slow motion, then I heard this voice in my head that said, you shall live and not die. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It was a reset, but it's like, it look. It was a reset. It was a reset. So it still took me a long time after that to, to get over the shame of having spent all of the money that, my, that I had gotten from the sale of the house that my father left me once he passed away. So, Crystal, what do you say to people who feel that what they've done with money is just so shameful that there's no way that they can restore themselves? first is give yourself some grace and mercy right we don't know what we don't know and we have not been given the tools to be the master of our money right and we know that that was intentional so if you don't have the tools and 
if you don't have the tools, if you haven't when healed you say, your financial... One second. If you say, mm -hmm. we know that that was intentional, can you explain for those who may not know that what the what intentional things oh, have, yeah. have created it? So there are, let's just say, powers that be that want to constantly keep us out of balance, right? Because if we're out of balance, we really can't figure this thing out. And so if I control the world and I want to make sure that I can keep people under my control one of those ways is we don't give them financial education or we make it very very hard for you to have dominion over your money so we're gonna have these taxes and then when you buy stuff you're gonna get taxed again but then everything that comes after you we're not gonna teach you how to manage that so nowhere in school does it teach you how to manage your money because ultimately we want you to keep working for us so if I have, if you have to keep coming back to pay all of these bills, you will forever work for us, right? Then we don't even recognize all of the things that we've inherited when it comes to our financial relationships. And then what we saw, what we didn't see, what we were taught, what we overheard growing up as a child. So all of these things are playing a part in how you are operating with your money. So you got lack of knowledge, right? Then you have what you what you thought was right then you have oh I know what I'm doing and all of that comes into play and you wind up spending all of this money and you you haven't planned for what you need to plan for you don't have the things in place and then you feel bad because you did that the things are in place and you don't have the knowledge and so now you're made to feel ashamed for that thing for something that was designed to put you there in the first place so that's what I mean when I say it was intentional, right? And so in order to gain your control, the number one thing is you have to have, everyone has a financial relationship. And in most cases, it's not created by you. It's defined and created by someone else in an effort to control you, either directly or indirectly, right? And so you have to go back and you have to build your own financial relationship. But how do I do that? So if I'm led and made to feel ashamed because I don't know a thing, then I'm not going to show up for the information. And so many people are not showing up for the information. So from a coaching standpoint, I lead with finances, right? Most life coaches and spiritual coaches, they lead with that. And in a lot of those instances, finances are not touched. When I lead with finances, every area of your life is touched and as your financial relationship improves every other area of your life is going to improve too because we're doing a lot of therapy <laughs> in it right and there's a lot of healing that has to go along with it and so if 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 someone is just throwing numbers and saying you need to create this and you need to do this but you still don't know why you're operating that way what do you do you then sell your nothing <laughs> and you spend all of the money because you don't know what you were supposed to do with it in the first place. So it's a vicious cycle. And I'm here. And part of that, part of my role is to break that cycle. It stops in this generation for anybody who wants to take part and come get the lessons. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Heather, in your work with coaching, um, women and I know you do more than coaching you also do workshops if you run a nonprofit you're a mother and a grandmother and a wife so you know you you you, you do it all <laughs> you know in my next life I'm hoping to come back as you 
<laughs> I can't Watch do it in now. this life. I can't do it in this life. <laughs> Listen, or not, because how do you do all of that, right? It's like... <laughs> I, I can't even do it in this life. So what are, what are some of the key blind spots that you have seen in the women that you work with? And I know you also work with boys and men as well, but and, and you have this event coming up. So tell me what you think the key blind spots are that we need to address in order to live in the center of our power as just as a collective. I know everybody has specific things, but just the main couple of main ones that you've seen. The first one, and you just mentioned, is that we are a collective. And the vision came out of actually working with Crystal and an organization called the Amazing Woman Network. And in that, the emergence of what the collective we actually is. We see ourselves so often as individuals and we have been conditioned to see ourselves as individuals. And so our first blind spot is that you're not, you're a collective, you're part of a circuit, one depending upon the other, depending upon the other, depending upon the other, to function, to operate and to send that electrical charge. What we missed in terms of our blind spot is taking taking some of the things that we've taken for granted and put them in the forefront and not in our subconscious but put it in our conscious mind and our conscious intention my intention is to help support my sister whether my sister by birth my sister by blood my sister by proximity my sister by love connect with my sister because she's going to be part of that anchor and so we, we've lost, and, and this is a whole story, but we lost, somewhere along the line, we lost our capacity and to, to rely on each other in a respectful, responsible, and intentional way. So whether that was for a model, for somebody to look at your life or your journey, or you to share your life and your journey, for somebody to say, okay, not this way, that way. That has become a blind spot because now we have a whole term that we call haters. We have uh, ways that we see each other that um, our appearance, how we use our words can be more discouraging than encouraging. And so we separate ourselves out. We are sometimes in competition with the fictitious images that we put forth, uh, the imaginative images that we put forth. And we try to become that as opposed to what we were intended to be. To use that as a, uh, a tool, we have become blind to use it as a tool. I see you and your greatness to inspire me to mine. I don't have to own or covet your gifts because you are my inspiration. That's really what it is. It make, we make it look easy. Like you think this journey is easy. I wear heels, stilettos for a reason. Everybody's not wearing heels and stilettos. And if they are, it may not be for the same reasons. Well, you can tell and me, I, I'm sure not wearing those stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing right. I admire about you because I can't do it. I'm glad somebody can do it because I can't. <laughs> and, but those are the things that inspire us to be who we can be, the best of who we can be. Your, I can't wear flat shoes. I can't wear flat shoes and... I can't wear boots. I can't take those steps that you take into the into the woods and into the wilderness as you do. 
but it's such an inspiration to know that you do and that I can model that peace that I admire most about you. I can model that without covenanting it. I don't have to possess it. So one another one of our blind spots is that we see, we often uh, consider love as a possession. Mm-hmm. I was there too, I, and I had it bad when, when I, I had my son. I saw him as a possession, and much of my relationships, they were possession. You are my man. You are my house. You are my... That's that's a blind spot because we see things as possession and not a steward over that. And so we have to shift that um, our belief system and structure around stewardship versus ownership. Mm-hmm. Even even in the house that you're you're given that you earned and you work for, it can be lost. You're a steward over it for that time. Uh, we were just looking at um, in our boss session, which is in our program with our. Um, our nonprofit, uh, we were talking about Ecclesiastes, talking about there's a season for all things. And so there's a season, and we may not have seen it at that time, but even Crystal, as she said on her journey, that was a season in her life to kickstart this mm-hmm. new chapter of her journey. We have to have that catalyst because we respond to pain. And so those pain points are really what motivate us to do something different. Get out of your comfort zone and move. And so that's the blind spots. Mm-hmm. You said a mouthful too. I mean, these are some powerhouse women, I'm telling you. I'm so glad to be in your company and I'm so glad Blessings. to Blessings. to be um, a part of the Women's Wholeness Summit that's taking place on November 17th. Yes. That um, Heather Heteru is is coordinating, and Crystal is one of the uh, is the keynote. How how do you? She's she both Heather and Crystal have very <laughs> key um, roles in creating the container for us to participate in this Women's Wholeness Summit. Yes. So, um, Crystal, before we get into the specifics about the summit. Can you give us maybe one tip that that women can use if they realize they have a blind spot around their finances? What's one thing that they could do like today to turn things around? Okay, so you asked for one thing. Okay, so there's an assignment. Well, I'll come back. I, to you. I can come back. Yeah. To you. I can come back to you if you want me to. No, no, no. That, okay. That's that's fine. So. One of the questions that I ask in workshops and in working with my clients is always, how do you want to live your life from today forward? Mm. And okay, let's let's just do a thing. How do you want to live your life from today forward? Oh me? Oh yeah. my gosh. Do you, you know do you know? Yes, like I, I do. I would like to live a life of pleasure, joy, ease and on purpose so i'd like to be able to work um seasonally <laughs> i want to work seasonally and then I, and 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 plan in times to retreat reflect and restore and i like and for the things that i do and this is what i'm thinking like i'd like for them to be bigger and more impactful 
than than maybe they were in the past because and that's part of my kind of playing small so i like for them to be to, to to be more impactful and to reach more people and to and to work um and to have like several key things that i do each quarter but then in the rest of the time i'm like preparing planning and getting ready for what's happening in the quarter and i want to travel internationally and um and have money saved okay so first of all bravo to you <laughs> Because most people don't have an answer. Okay. Which, which, because you have an answer and you can say it with ease, that may seem shocking to you. Most people don't have an answer. But in order to do and live the life that you want to live from this day forward, there's some planning that has to go in place. So you mentioned working seasonally. So that means you need income sitting somewhere, right? You need money coming in when you're not physically working. That means there needs to be some revenue coming in from some other things that you've done that the money keeps coming in. Or you need to have money sitting somewhere that you can tap into to pay all of the other things that you need to pay for in life. Or you both. said you want to travel internationally. Okay, well, that means you have to have money set aside in order to be able to do that. So if I had to say one thing for you to do today, it's right out how you want to live your life for the rest of your life. If I came to you and said, hey, I want to go on a trip. Give me directions on how I get there. The first thing you're going to ask me is, well, where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. Right? Because the directions to New York are different from the directions to California. So I have to know where it is that you want to go in order to help you build a financial system of success to get you there. And if you don't know, how do we do it? And so most people are going through life just doing the things and they're getting the life that they get after paying bills instead of getting the life that they desire. But throughout Ooh, this thing, I know, all right, can we just pause right there? <laughs> right. Right. Right, Heather, can we pause right there? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! This is this is why. Y'all need to be at the summit, right? <laughs> yes, you need to be at the summit. Now, the summit is sold out. But anyway, so yes, thank you. So the one thing is write down the life that you would like to live. And you can't, and, you're not going to be able to do it in one setting. Okay. But you come back and you keep doing it. And you can't worry about how it's going to happen. That's not your job. Your job is to figure out what it is that you want. Because one thing that we do so often is we minimize what we're supposed to receive. Well, mm. prosperity is your birthright. So how are you going to minimize what can be given to you? But so many times people will say, oh, I just need to make enough money to be comfortable. Well, what does that mean? Stop selling yourself short. So write out how you want to live your life from this day forward. Okay, so you're going to become my coach. I just want you to get prepared. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a you know i'm just i'm it's not a it's not a um it's not a choice <laughs> it is a thing it is it's a, a thing. thing this is just a yes, thing that, that's gonna happen okay yes, so we're gonna make that happen all right thank you so much crystal okay You're so welcome. heather tell us about the women's wholeness summit that all three of us and what about 10 other amazing women are are participating in Yes. Um, actually, it just came out of uh, an urgency. And 
if you were listening to our, our podcast, the METB podcast on Monday, where Crystal was one of the uh, featured guests as well, I, I just, I let it go. <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, I, I had a series of events that put me in this mindset and removed my blinders. And and uh, I just laced up my, my shoes, not flat ones either. I laced up my shoes so that we could get and, and start moving. We have to move in. I understood that, you know, those 20 years ago next year, when I got this vision, it wasn't just for that time. So my walk in faith wasn't just a lesson that I needed to learn then. It is one that I'm also going to teach and share on how we're going to solve these problems. And so I reached out to all of the spiritual women who have been put in my life. And I asked them, well, not so much asked. You did not. <laughs> no, like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, yes. So like, when is it? Yes. No, when is it? And what, what, what you want me to do? First, the first thing was yes. And then, okay. Hey, let's be clear. You did not ask, okay? <laughs> and, and you voluntold. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because all of us have been preparing and prepared for this time. Yeah. And we have talked about it. We have committed to it. So there's nothing for me to ask. It's like, this is where we're going. And uh, the amazing women who are a part of this movement, it is a movement. We are going to move people, things, systems, troubles, obstacles out of the way. And we're going to redefine what our community, what our village looks like. And I just have to say, uh, Sylvia Hubbard nailed what the new village is going to be for relationships, for our children, for our finances. She nailed that thing. And Crystal gave us the time frame of which we have to work in to get it now, done. Now, tell us who Sylvia Hubbard is. Oh, I'm sorry. Sil Sylvia Hubbard Hatula. That's and it right this time. I don't, I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, so we, she, we, we, she, she knows that we, we, we call her in love. So anyway, tell us yes. who she is and how she's related to the summit. Okay, so she is one of the facilitators. She is a um, a local but national, international writer. Uh, she has inspired and motivated hundreds of thousands of people around telling their story and taking this journey to chronicle it and publish it so that other people can benefit from their stories. Um, she's an icon of a mother when I think of mother and how she planted the seeds in her children, you talking about somebody wanting to be somebody? Oh my gosh, she she's just a brilliant woman. She's a strategist, uh, she's a, a wordsmith, and she's been gifted and purposed to do the work that she's been called to, as have all of us who sat around that table who are leading this work, including our host today, Sanad Neajoy. Uh, we have been purposed for this work and for this season. And so we have to inspire that and ignite that in all the women who are there and those who will join us after. What's more important about this summit is what's next. Mm -hmm. So how you're going to plug in is that you're going to join this app um, that's called Spiritual Mind. You're going to join this app. You're going to connect to all the women that you need to connect to who are your missing pieces. And we're going to keep moving this, this movement as we galvanize all the missing pieces. So if you've been hesitant, if you have been waiting, your day is now. 
we don't have a tomorrow to wait for. All of our work is now. And so we're, we're uh, awakening the now in each one of us so that we can keep it moving. We are going to change what happens with women's health. We are going to change what's happening with the birth of our children and the women whose lives are lost, who do this amazing thing that we were birthed to do. We Can you believe that? Like what, how is that possible? We're, our ancestors were eating scraps while they worked the crops during slavery would have a baby and go back out and, and work in the field. How is it that we're dying, that women are dying when they're giving birth? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, that, that, just, that just flabbergasted me. I was never in the world of like birth and birthing mothers. So when I heard that, I'm like, how is this possible? Yeah, because we're not healing our internal selves. We're not healing our spiritual selves. We have, and, and, and we have been in the process. So we have to get out of process and get into movement. <laughs> When you walk into your purpose, your healing automatically is in motion. We have to heal. So we have to remember that we are physical and spiritual beings. We can't separate the spirit and the physical. We can't deny that. And the soul's work is to do what we are doing. And to connect, we have to keep igniting that flame in one another. That's what our work is. That has been our blind spot. We don't, we don't, we don't quench the light. We ignite it. We lift it up so that we can do what we've been called to do. And this is the day. This is the day. It is the now. And, and, and part of our, our illness, when we talk about all of the healing that we need to do, part of our illness and the cause of that illness is that we're not walking in our purpose. Mm-hmm. And if we would start to walk in our purpose, there's some automatic healing that's going to happen. Yes. Now, that, that definitely is a, a statement of faith because, you know, and that's I think that's a that's the trick bag, as my mother used to say. That's a trick bag that we get caught up in. Like, well, I can't do, you know, work to help others or fulfill my purpose until I heal this part of myself. Right. That's and then a you it's it's a trick bag. You get caught in a trick it bag is. because it just comes. You keep doing the same thing over and over again, thinking, okay, well, I have to change. I have to be this enlightened being because I really felt that. I felt that I had to overcome things. My mother told me, you got to overcome things. You, this, you look at you. You got this, this, and this, and this is wrong. How are you gonna help somebody else? And mm -hmm. you know, and part of me believed her, but I, but I wouldn't. But the, the larger part of me, my faith and the sense of purpose and mission that pushed me forward anyway. So, anyway. so I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it even though I'm kind of afraid. I mean, I, so many things I've had to do even though I was afraid. Even though do I was like, well, afraid. who else is doing it with me? Where's my support? Where? You know, no, I'm, I'm not making mock, I'm not mocking myself, but. No, understood. Understood. Yes. That's a real, it's a real question. Because mm -hmm. when you start this process, you feel very much alone. It feels what? like you're alone. But then yeah. you start stepping and taking those next steps and you start seeing this woman coming from this space and this woman come from this space. And when you start moving together and you're growing closer, you heal and you seal that bond. Mm -hmm. That's that ignition. That's that ignition. That's what we do for one another. That's our collective weed. And when that light and that spark hits, we're unstoppable. We're True. unstoppable. And so that's why I know, I know without a doubt that anemia, toxemia, our financial stability is going to be healed. 
Mm-hmm. It's actually already done in our faith right. walk, but we got to steward over it to walk it out. It's already mm-hmm. been done. This mm-hmm. is uh, oh yes, and one of the and one of the tools for our healing is nature, which is my which is my domain. That is yours. Which is That's where I right. mm-hmm. So it's yes. nature and sensuality, and so much, so often people see sensuality as being sexy or related to sex. And I'm I'm a very sensual person. You know, I teach belly dancing, and the belly dancing and the movement and the sensuality are very much connected to the earth and the energy of the earth mm-hmm. and how, and yes. the wind and the and the water and how things flow that's yes. really the what the movement is mimicking is the yes. energy the energy in women which is the same energy that's in the earth which is the same energy that breathes us yes. and so there's a blind spot I think for many of us, we go outside and we think, oh, I hate outside. Like this one is a fourth grader told me, oh, I hate outside. <laughs> but, you know, it's because that's bred into us, too. Yes. But but mm-hmm. women, the, it, for many women, the earth is the seat of our power. It's where we can always go for restoration, love and nurturing, which can yes. help propel us to the next thing that we need to do. Yes. Yes, it definitely is our refuge definitely as our refuse and some women who um, need to be by the water then you need to be by the water it's Mm -hmm. already calling to you she's already calling to you come be a part of this current and that for me and 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 the water is the space where my ancestors talk to me most spirit speaks very clearly to me through the 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 space of water very clear and so and the times that i'm there so i have to be mindful to manage that because it's loud and clear and it's very directed so it's part of where we are now and it's what you hear in my voice it's my ancestors who laid hands on me and told me to steward this work go and i have been moving slow i have been moving steady but slow and i am just not my my steady part is gone now my slow part is gone now. We've we've evolved, and I've got my papers. I, I dedicated uh, last year to my elevation, and you were both present for that. So you you know where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. Look, you guys might have been blindsided to how I came at you. <laughs> no, no. But but wait, I I got more. It's 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 run. It's deep. It's running deep. Mm-hmm. And I am so super hyped and excited about where it's going because I feel it. I feel those women at the summit calling. I feel their energy calling. I feel the ones who are yet to awaken. I feel them calling. I see them yawning and stretching. I see them getting ready because they need this. We need this. We need them and they need us. And our children, our men need us to get this right. Yeah. We already we we've gone along with the program for way too long. And we this is the program. This yeah, is the program. We are we all we've got. got. What's we're our timeline, we've... Crystal? Give us the timeline again. What's what year timeline? is it? Oh, oh for... 2053. Yeah. So from a financial standpoint, a couple years ago there was an article that came out that said if the current trend continues by the year 2053, blacks will have zero wealth. And I said that doesn't happen on my watch. It just absolutely does not happen on my watch. Does not happen. And so there's an urgency, as Heather keeps saying, to to do this work in a really big way 
in order to change that narrative. And we have to also remember, and Sanaa is uh, uh, not only a witness to this, this is her work, nature is on a timeline. Nature has put us on a timeline. There are some things that we have to do to show our allegiance, mm -hmm. our renewal. We have, we have squandered our resources, our natural resources. Right. Now, the earth can always replenish itself with us, or without, or without us. us. Without us. <laughs> right. We don't have to be here for the earth to keep going. We don't have to be here. And the earth is going to win. So we it's need gonna, to get every time. Yeah. Every I'm, time. I'm on the earth's team. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, me and Mama right. Earth, we you know, we like this. We like right. yeah, we like this. Yeah. So yes, and so you know, and yes. that's the thing. Yeah, in the in yes, the urgency I I feel also a sense of urgency and However you need to hear it, whether you need to hear it that if you don't get your, get your finances right by 2053, things may, you know, you may, we may not have any wealth or, um, you know, you got to strap up your shoes and go into warrior mode or this is your time to receive and access more love and more nourishing, more nourishment. And the more you open your heart. The, which is a part of what we mean when we talk about the ascension process, this process of really coming back to the essence of ourselves, which yes. is love, balance, wholeness. So the feminine is rising. However, the goal is for the masculine and feminine to exist simultaneously to, get, to nourish each other. It's yes. not for anyone to be over anyone else. So the Correct. goal, so, so if you want more love, you want to come on, get you some more love, open up your heart, clear the blind spots so you can feel more love, come and get you some yes. more money, clear That's the blind right. spots, you know, if, hey, you want some more, you want some more, some better relationships, come on and clear those blind spots. So whatever yes. you, however you need to hear it, now is the time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now is the time. Now so, is definitely the time. Yes. So. You had, what, like 70, 75 spots for this free event on the 17th of November. And yes. so when we met yesterday, all of the spots had been already taken. Is that right? Correct. So it was free, but you had to register online. So yes. what about the people who, who didn't get to <laughs> register? What do they do? Well, um, you will be able to still connect. Uh, the, so again, this is about what's next. The summit is about what's next, not the summit in and of itself. It is to raise our awareness about some of the things that have been blinding us. But the women who are at the summit are stewards to now go out and share what they've gained. They have to share that we have to multiply this work. And so for the people who were not able to attend, you will still have an opportunity to connect to this work, to this movement. There's, this was one day. And this is unlike most movements. This is unlike most conferences. This is unlike most retreats where when you leave, you are on your own to figure it out. And to that is not what this is about. We need you. If you didn't attend, we need you. We need you to be present. We need you to be there. We need you to get on board. So there are, there are going to be lots of opportunities to connect. The next thing is connect through the app. Show up so that you can connect to the teachers, the facilitators, the coaches, the movement, the work, 
Put your story in front. Put your need for help in the mix because every problem, to every problem, we know there's a spiritual solution for one. But when you connect and that flame is ignited, we can get to it faster together. You have no boundaries or no limitations. We have everything we need in our collective. That is why we're doing this summit. It's proof that everything we need is already within us. And so I say that your next step, if you plugged in and you went to the website, that means you have it now. That means all the information that went out with the information you have access to. Okay, so Stay and keep access. So they can is there a waiting like so so how do they get access to the to the um to the app? I mean, and I guess you'll give us access and I can mm -hmm. share with my community and yes. and when will the app be available for people to connect with because we're assuming that the people who hear this probably may not have already registered. So they're going to be mm -hmm. and they may not even live in this area because mm -hmm. I have a lot of international listeners. So they may not even so what can they do? You'll stay with the same location. You can go to my website. Okay. They're, uh, Yourinspiredjourney.com. Thank you, yes. www.yourinspired. Inspired with a D. With a D, journey.com. Yes. And so, um, so it won't be the only portal. This is just the first one. And when you log on, so right now, I just want to keep the information about the summit on it because people are going there for it. There's a group that will open up called What's Next. It's called After the Summit, What's Next. And so the information will be posted to guide you to the app. And also this, this group discussion, if you want to be a part of that discussion of what happened at the summit. That will open up on that Sunday after the summit, the 19th. There will be a Zoom meeting, a brief 30-minute Zoom meeting for anybody that wants to plug in. Here's some of the highlights. Get connected. We immediately after the summit, the app will be opened and released. The first people on that app are the ones who attend the summit. So we're giving them until Sunday to register. And then on Sunday, they'll have an opportunity to, to tap into the Zoom so that you're connected and you can hear for yourself from the voice of the people who are there facilitating or they're attending or they're volunteering so that you feel a part of this energy. I want that spark that I experienced when uh, 200 women came together and released the healing. I want to see that happen again and again and again. And you're talking and about so, the Women's March. Uh, so, and, and I do, this is a spark from the Million Women's March that happened in 1997. And we're standing and building on the shoulders and the work of every woman that was a part of that. And every woman who fell in the gap, who never moved forward because they didn't have a sister to connect to, who fell in the gap because they didn't understand what was next or how to implement the promises that we made. I am a steward of the promise I made. This work is a, is a part of that promise that I made to myself and to the women that were there and to the women who would come. This is part of my journey where my promise I kept. I kept after that march. And so I know that a lot of people didn't. A lot of people fell off and a lot of people were lost in between. And because they were lost in between, we're seeing what we're seeing now. Because a lot of this happened after 97. A lot of things that we're seeing in our community. We have, we have now are in this process of return. We're going to return things. We're, there's some things that words that were used before that will no longer be used by us. 
somebody else define these things for us. We're going to redefine and return our life moving forward. There's some words that we're not going to use anymore. We're not going to talk about being survivors. We're going to talk about being thrivers. We no longer need to survive. We are thriving. We're not survivors. We're thrivers. And so we're going to shift that and we return what it means to go through your process. We're returning that. And we're, we're going to claim that for ourselves. It's our self-determination. And if our words change, then everything around those words must change as well. Go, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> she just unleashed on <laughs> But that's what happens when you're passionate about what you do. That's that's and when you know you're calling. Thank you so much for joining me for In the Center of Her Power podcast. I sincerely hope that you were fed with divine feminine soul food. Please like or subscribe or share the podcast. And until next time, shine.